Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is The Roy Green Show. Once in a while, no, actually more than once in a while, but there are emails that are received at Roy at RoyGreenShow.com that are just clever and funny. And they're based on something that happened on the show right at that time or a couple of minutes earlier. They're just funny because you can do the visual. And here is what I received from uh, Gerald to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. When I saw Justin on that desk, I I thought he'd seen a mouse. So I just thank you. I appreciate the humor. And I appreciate your emails. Even those that ask me questions that say, well, you know, Roy, I think you got it wrong on that one. That's fine. We can uh, agree to disagree. We'll, I'll write back when I can. But when I can't, when there's just too many emails, I do I do read each and every one of them. So one of the things that I tried to arrange yesterday was for Elizabeth May to be on this program today, the Green Party leader federally, because she was arrested, as you know, by the RCMP for violating the injunction that was granted to Kinder Morgan by, uh, by the court at the Burnaby Mountain site of the pipeline extension. And I'll just tell you this story, because I, I really believe in sharing with you what, what happens, even behind the scenes. It's just the way I've always done it. Sometimes it annoys people who uh, feel that I shouldn't share this kind of stuff about them, but I've always done it, and I'm not going to stop because it's part of the bigger picture. So I contacted the Green Party, and I asked for an interview with uh, Ms. May, and they said, uh, the person I spoke to said, shouldn't be a problem. And uh, so they said they get back to me, and um, I get a call saying, is it going to be just you speaking to Elizabeth May, or will there be others involved? And I said, just me. So then I received an email stating that she, she wasn't available. And to me, that was just... Uh, and follow me sequentially here. To me, that was an issue of just being another political blow-off. So I tweeted about that this morning. And Elizabeth May tweeted back that she couldn't be on the show today because she was attending a funeral in her constituency. And my condolences to the person and persons who have lost uh, a family member and friend in Ms. May's constituency. And I can appreciate that she's attending the funeral, but her staff could at least tell you why she's not going to be available. Not just go through the process of saying, I don't think it'll be a problem, and then calling and saying, are you speaking with her personally or will she be dealing with callers? And then writing, she's not available, because that to me is just, nah, she doesn't want to talk to you. And I've always had a reasonable relationship with Elizabeth May. I was the uh, only national media person who 
sided with her that she should be a part of the leaders' debates in federal elections. And when I uh, was, was airing programs on what was then still called global warming about eight or nine years ago, climate change hadn't quite become the only term, uh, I had global warming challenging scientists ready to debate, debate global warming accepting scientists, but the global warming accepting scientists weren't ready to debate the scientists, the, the, the representatives I had ready to participate. And Elizabeth May sent emails to the people that I thought should be participating on the side of believing that climate change, global warming was happening. And she sent them emails and said, I think you should participate on the Roy Green Show. So she backed what we were doing and she supported what we were doing. It didn't matter because none of them came on to debate. So make your own, draw your own conclusions from that. I was going to be the, for once in my life, neutral moderator. Anyway, so yesterday at uh, the Kinder Morgan Pipeline Extension Worksite, Ms. May and uh, NDP Member of Parliament Kennedy Stewart were both arrested by the RCMP for civil disobedience. And at this, as this was starting to develop, Elizabeth May was on the air on our chorus radio station in Vancouver, CKNW. She was on the air with host Linda Steele. And here's a little bit of what happened. The evidence that was before the National Energy Board was never properly reviewed by the Liberals before they granted the permit. The police are coming now. Just passed this back. Kennedy, do you want to say anything else, Linda? Can you please? because of Justin Trudeau's broken promises. Tell me what's going on right now. So, as Elizabeth May was speaking with Linda Steele, and I think that might have been Stuart Kennedy or Kennedy Stewart as well. Two first names always confuse me. Kennedy Stewart as well. Um, the police were coming just about to arrest Elizabeth May. And she said subsequently that civil disobedience is a requirement. Well, yes and no. You also are a national party leader. And so your responsibility is national as well. Anyhow, then on to the next aspect, and I'm going to introduce my guest in a second. We know that John Horgan, the premier of British Columbia, had uh, suggested that perhaps um, Ottawa get involved to cap gasoline prices in uh, in Vancouver and in British Columbia. He said on, was it Thursday? Yeah. He said Thursday he, he wanted the federal government to do its part to, uh, to take care of the issue with high gas prices. And his quote was, I would certainly love to see the federal government take some leadership in this regard. And he uh, also said... And the Kinder Morgan proposal, as it currently is constructed, will not bring down gas prices. It will send diluted bitumen to another jurisdiction. Well, Rachel Notley, the premier of Alberta, turned around and accused the uh, politicians of, of British Columbia of hypocrisy. Because on the one hand, 
I don't want to, I don't, I can never, ever, ever pretend to speak for Rachel Notley. But on the one hand, they don't want the pipeline. And on the other hand, they want cheaper gasoline. So she says it's hypocritical. And uh, Jason Kenney, the uh, United Conservative Party leader, was uh, also of similar view. He said, you can't make this stuff up. It's like Comedy Hour coming out of Victoria. They're trying to shut down their major source of oil. They're increasing their carbon tax while telling ordinary British Columbians they're concerned about higher gas prices. I just can't believe how stupid that remark is coming from the Premier of British Columbia. So clearly there's a lot of warmth and collegiality that's being expressed between the politicians of Alberta and British Columbia. Thankfully, they don't have anything more dangerous than snowballs to lob at each other across the Rockies. With me now is Dan McTague, who can put all of this into perspective because he was a member of parliament for many years, a liberal member of parliament, and he understands the gasoline and oil business, well, the gasoline business from the consumer's perspective better than anybody in the world. <laughs> so, and we've been friends for, I don't know, half a million years. <laughs> it feels that way. How are you, Mr. McTague? Um, not bad, Mr. Green, and uh, just happy that I never got arrested in my 18 years as a member of Parliament. Did you ever do it? I know you did things to piss off Jean Chrétien, but... <laughs> no, I uh, can't remember a time where I did do that. I mean, I was elected to represent my constituents. Um, my job was to bring those uh, matters to the attention of uh, the powers that be uh, on my side or on the other side, uh, depending on when, when I was either in opposition or in government. And that was my role. My role is not to go out and uh, debase my, uh, my, uh, my representation by uh, getting myself arrested as a, nothing less than a stunt. Uh, I'd be far more effective at passing bills, which I did, uh, despite uh, you know, uh, the conventional wisdom that backbenchers never pass uh, any bill into law. So there are several, and uh, I guess that worked. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't think this is going to help uh, the cause for those who have decided that this is the only way in which they can uh, make their presence known. It's just too bad that uh, you know the debate here has become such that uh, people are abandoning facts in favor of simply saying, I'll violate the law and uh, try to uh, get some political mileage out of it. Had this happened when you were a member of the, of the Liberal government of Jean Chrétien, and, and then subsequently Paul Martin, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, both uh, both governments. Yeah. Right. And uh, had this happened uh, under the stewardship of either Mr. Kretschier or Mr. Martin, had Dan McTague or another member of the Liberal caucus decided that civil disobedience was the way to go and get arrested would be the right thing to do, uh, what would the reaction have been from the top of the party? More than likely, I would have been asked a citizen independent until the matter was resolved. I mean, it's one thing to be charged. It's another thing to be convicted. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, uh, there would have been a lot of concern about the fact that uh, you spent so much time getting elected to represent your people, become, in fact, the word parliament, uh, French for speaking out. Uh, why aren't you speaking? Because that's where you can become far more effective. And, you know, I, I started this whole issue with gasoline pricing and the concern I had about independent gas retailers being wiped off the map with my good friend, uh, one of uh, the uh, beasts and beauties here that you have, uh, Linda Leatherdale, many, many years ago, about uh, the, the plight of many of those gas stations. I began with uh, trying to do an end run on the uh, legal system or on parliamentary system and make something votable, uh, which uh, turned out to create quite the storm. But you'd learn from that process. If you want to cause a revolution, do it on the floor of the House of Commons. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Linda Leatherdale is going to be with us in about 45 minutes with her Wonderful. collaborators, Catherine Swift and uh, Michelle Simpson, and they're going to be joined by Aaron Woodrick, the federal director of the ah. Canadian Taxpayers Federation, for, for one, well, time, for one uh, segment. This time, very much two beasts. What's that? Two, two beasts. beasts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three. Yeah. <laughs> beasts times two. Dan, hold on. I want to come back and talk to you about this whole issue of gasoline pricing, how useful it is to suggest that Ottawa should step in to cap gasoline pricing in, 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 in British Columbia. When you've got Alberta uh, saying that the British Columbian politicians are hypocrites, it's getting pretty, uh, it's getting ugly, isn't it? It really is getting uncivil at the very, at the very least. We'll come right back. He's always up for a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show. Email from uh, Cody to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Hey, Roy, I seriously can't believe how delusional Horgan and his comrades are, block pipelines, wants carbon taxes, etc., but wants cheap gas. He wants Trudeau to cap gas prices. They need the feds to protect them from themselves. Back to Dan McTague. GasBuddy.com. Okay. Um, gas and uh, what's, your, what's your Twitter account again? Uh, at GasBuddyDan. At GasBuddyDan. Yep. Explain the BC gas situation to us, please, the prices. What, what, how do you explain it to people? Uh, one word, shortage. Uh, and uh, a second word, critical shortage. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, the population there and demand has grown. Um, it's a large city, our third largest, second largest when it comes to airlines, international airlines. Uh, it's a very enviable, beautiful part of the world and has had a pipeline uh, since 1953 bringing oil, and then later oil and gasoline from Edmonton all the way down to uh, to Vancouver, to, to Burnaby. So, you know, the situation is uh, such that today you're paying $1.56 for a litre of gasoline, $1.55.9. By the way, Roy, it's going down two cents a litre because of the uh, res- resumption of the Olympic uh, pipeline south of the border in Washington State, where about a quarter of Vancouver's gasoline actually comes from. They have to import it from the United States. Uh, but what we're seeing here is a bit of a shortage, and it's not likely to... Uh, and anytime soon. Uh, a small refinery, the Burnaby, uh, owned by a company called Parkland, used to be known as the Chevron Refinery, has been out for about six weeks now, uh, undergoing maintenance. It's a company that's taken over from Chevron, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And it, of course, it uh, has meant that there is a real crimp in supply. Uh, and it's not going to end anytime soon, simply because uh, you know what it does provide is virtually 99% of all the fuel in that area, you're still running short and still having to ask our American friends to provide more gasoline. But to make matters really worse, um, the chronic problem that uh, Vancouver, the Lower Mainland, and Victoria, as well as Vancouver Island, are facing um, is not made any better by the fact that uh, the government, the uh, John Horgan government, is set to increase carbon taxes next week by a, a whopping 1.22 cents a litre. Followed that uh, next week by uh, the move from winter to summer gasoline across Canada. That should add four cents a litre to everybody's bill. Ouch. It looks like 160 was the new normal. The new normal. Now that's for a litre of, of regular. Litre regular, 175 right now for uh, oh, three man. minutes. Oh, man. I paid a buck 44 for uh, 91 octane today, and I was getting 
more and more annoyed as I saw the numbers get bigger and bigger on the, on yep. the gas pump. Now, look, when, when Mr. Horgan, when the premier appeals to Justin Trudeau, any point in that? Is there anything Trudeau can do? Well, I think Trudeau has already made it clear he's going to build a pipeline. And, and, and by my account, I'm no friend of the oil industry, as you too well know. Uh, he has to. I mean, the fact is uh, we've lost three pipelines. Trans Mountain mm-hmm. uh, is the only viable option. We've lost Keystone XL due to, uh, you know, activity by a previous uh, administration in the United States. Uh, we saw the uh, shenanigans going on with uh, paid protesters uh, threatening violence to national, uh, the National Energy Board uh, meetings in uh, Montreal. Montreal over the uh, Energy East. And we've also seen Northern Gateway shut down. Uh, you know, we're, we're really boxing ourselves in, and this is the only viable, reasonable alternative. But what's important is it's not just the amount of oil. An additional 590,000 barrels that we could be sending to world markets and to Washington State refineries, who, by the way, turn around and sell it back to us with 20-cent premiums per litre. We can also, uh, by if you look very clearly at uh, what Trans Mountain proposed on December the 16th, 2013, and which was approved by the National Energy Board under Section 6 of its conclusion, an additional 55,000 barrels of potential gasoline could be coming down that Trans Mountain pipeline that would uh, certainly come to the aid of uh, Vancouver motorists and, in fact, drop prices. Now, I said that on Tuesday. I think uh, the Premier had a fit because he obviously hasn't read anything about the proposal, let alone the approval, and he denied it, which was kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it was laughable, but rather pathetic that a Premier, with the resources of his entire department, would not be aware of the fact that there's an additional 55,000 barrels of gasoline that would make, that would double the amount of production, by the way, that we currently have in uh, in Vancouver, and it would very much have an effect of dropping prices. Why? Simple math, Roy. 71 cents pre-tax price for gasoline in uh, in Edmonton, 91 to 92 to 93 cents in Vancouver. So there's a 22 cent difference. Even if I charge five cents as a toll to bring gasoline from Edmonton all by the pipeline all the way down to Vancouver, I'm still ahead 16 or 17 cents. So will it have the effect of dropping prices? Absolutely. And it's a no-brainer. Anybody who suggests otherwise is frankly either ignorant or just simply disingenuous. Sometimes I think they get so caught up in insulting one another that, <laughs> well, that, no, they, that they lose the facts. Well, you lose sight of the facts, unfortunately, for many people uh, this year versus last year, especially in Vancouver. You're looking at digging in an extra $750. Whether you drive a car or not, it's going to have the effect. Think of Vancouver's transit system. Much of it run on diesel, if not on gasoline. The ferry system run on diesel. Uh, these are all fossil fuels, and they are all heavily impacted by the fact that there's a serious, scarce, and uh, uh, dramatic shortage of gasoline and uh, other petroleum products. And there is a solution at hand. The longer we keep dithering, the longer we keep waiting, you're not going to be able to get this thing done and then bring prices down. It takes about two years to build a, a pipeline. It takes 10 years to build a refinery. And no one in the right mind is going to build a refinery. Okay. I want to make it really clear. Given the amount of protests uh, and, and nonsense and tomfoolery going around uh, over a simple pipeline, you can imagine no one's going to yep. invest billions of dollars to invest uh, in a uh, refinery that okay. they desperately need. Gas Buddy, Dan, i got to go. Thank you so much for the time. Always good talking to you, Dan. It's always a pleasure. Take Thanks, good care. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Dan McTague from uh, GasBuddy.com.